I want to talk about this, this question, though. What do we do after Christmas? You know, it seems like such a letdown, as we kind of see around us, where it, it, it builds up to such a, a big thing at Christmas time. And then it seems like when it's over, what do you do? You know, you got a lot of cleanup. Uh, uh, you got a, a lot of people gone. All of a sudden, it's an empty house. Things are quieter. And sometimes it seems like what was the purpose? It seems like things are, are just over. Uh, and yet, I think God, if we have truly experienced the advent the anticipation of what uh, God was coming to do, if that new birth actually happened within us, how many know that after the birth, it's, it's not the excitement is gone, you have that baby, you have that life to now begin to nurture, to begin to experience every new thing because everything that, that happens after that birth is, is new. It's their first smile. It's their first uh, 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 step. It's their first everything. And, and so it's just the beginning. And, and yet many times we treat Christmas as just a one-time event. And, and we need to begin to say, God, I want it to really be a new birth, the beginning of something in us. And, and so when we look at the story uh, in the Word of God, uh, there was always... Uh, an action. There, there, were, there were things that happened after Christmas. And so I want to give you uh, really about four uh, suggestions of what to do after Christmas. And, and, and then the fifth thing I, I really want to focus in on, on something that we should do. Uh, there, there's, there's some things that we should always do all of them, but, but uh, uh, we want to really focus on the fifth thing. So First of all, in Luke chapter 2, of course, um, as we have read this story over and over, um, we see one example of what to do after Christmas, and we have a great example from the shepherds, um, that uh, when it was over, uh, they didn't just forget about it, but uh, they kept it alive. And it says in Luke chapter 2, verse 17... Um, it says, now, when they had seen him, being Jesus, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And it goes down in verse 20. It says, then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it would told them. So two things that the shepherd did. First thing they did was they made widely known what had happened. You see, it was not something that just, whoa, that happened and that was, that was crazy. But they said, I've got to tell someone. Uh, they began to, to live in such a way that it could not be held in them. And I think if we truly experience a Christmas, a, a new birth, um, it is something that we need to begin to, to share in a new way every year. You might say, well, everyone knows, and, and, and they know. You know what? This is something that, that it becomes part of us. Uh, we need to make it widely known what God has done, 
what we have seen. It wasn't something that, that they learned or, or was taught. It was something they experienced. Um, when we begin to have a new birth within us, it needs to be something that comes out of us. And, and here's the thing. It's not just out there. This is why we come together. See, I don't think the shepherds just went their own way. You know, they, they talked about it, each other. Man, can you believe what happened the other night? To make it widely known, it also means amongst themselves that they continuously, it changed them, that that, that was the source of their, their conversation. I think we, we need to desire to come together because I want to be with those people that, that experience the same thing and, and that we can talk about it, we can share it because other people sometimes don't understand. I'm going to tell other people too, but even more so I want to come together and say, can you remember that? Oh man, God is awesome. We need to share it with one another. We need to keep that, that fire lit because sometimes we can let it grow cold, but it's when we come together and others remind us, oh, you're right, man, and it burns it back up again. You see, we need to begin to, to, to constantly, that's what it says in the Bible, spur one another on. Don't forget what happened. Man, remember that was the night that changed everything. So after Christmas, are we letting Christmas burn within us so much that we want to make it widely known? Um, and, and not only within us, but then those that don't know. And it says people that heard, they use this word, they marveled, which means they didn't necessarily believe it, but man, that's, it's crazy. They, they marvel. You know, some people may not believe us, but are we letting it ooze out? Are we sharing what God has done. We don't have to be preachers. We don't have to be going around pushing a religion. We are simply sharing a life that God has placed within us. Now, of course, if we don't have that life, there's nothing to be shared. Then you're just going to be pushing a philosophy. That is where I, I urge us to truly have a real Christmas encounter, a birth within us, so that when we have a true birth, it's not something, oh, I, I, I don't want to share it. It's something that lives within us. It is something that we can share in a loving way. Uh, it is something that begins uh, to be a gift that we can give others, not in a pushy way, but in a compassionate, loving way that this is just an awesome thing. See, I think to many of us, God has lost his awesomeness, so we don't share it as much because he's not as awesome. We're not compelled uh, to, to do that anymore. Um, and yet, we need to go forth from Christmas and, and begin to share, man, this was something awesome within us. Now, if we haven't had that, then we need to pray, God, do something awesome within me. God, birth something within me uh, so that I can experience that, and then it will be natural. But the second thing they did, it says that they returned glorifying and praising God. Here's something to do after Christmas. You got to go back. They went back to their jobs. It doesn't say all of a sudden they became missionaries and I'm no longer a shepherd. I'm just going to just watch. No, they returned. But they returned glorifying and praising God. We need to be people that there's now something in us that when we go back to our jobs, our homes, our lifestyles, the marketplace, people see something different. Um, we need to be people of joy. And it doesn't matter if we are hurting, sick, because 
The joy of the Lord has nothing to do with our circumstances. The joy of the Lord is that God is birthed within me. Now, yes, my journey of my life may be through uh, heartache and sorrow, but I'm going to return to that. God doesn't always take it away from us. Sometimes we return after Christmas. We hope that things will be, you know, something different, but we have to return. But we return with something new. It's not a a, a new outward circumstance. Sometimes that's the same. But I'm going to return to that outward circumstance with an inward joy. Can we, after Christmas, begin to say, I'm not going to let this go. I'm not going to let it burn away. I'm going to have the joy of the Lord. um, And I'm going to praise God. I'm going to glorify God. Glorifying means it's not about me anymore. Now he gets the glory. He is the one that is is, uh, uh, worth all the praise. And I begin to live my life in such a way that even though I return, I bring something. I'm not the same. See, those shepherds were not the same. Um, and, And we need to begin to be like the Bible says, live in such a way that people will ask you, what is going on? in your life you're positive you're not criticizing you're always encouraging you are praising and it says do it in such a way that people will ask you what's the source of this hope that's in you we have lost that you see that allows us to make widely known you don't have to go to them hey I got to tell you something now that's good sometimes but I would I think even more so, we should live in such a way that we are so um, uh, changed that they come to us. Because when they come to us, then we don't have to worry about all. I, let me tell you why. God's just good. And I don't even know all the ins and outs of doctrine and theology. You don't have to know all that. All you need to know is that God is good. God is with me. And, and he is doing something. They returned praising and glorifying God. Are we living lives of that? Um, or are we just so focused on what's going on in our life, our own hurts, that, that, that it stifles the praise of God? We need to begin to practice that. And it's something we can purpose to do. Um, it, 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 it has to be a conscious choice to do these things. So that's something that we can do after Christmas, like the shepherds. But then also, sometimes it it, it might be uh, like the wise men. And we can turn over to Matthew, Matthew chapter 2 also. um, And we see what they did after the Christmas story, after they opened their treasures to God and they, they gave it all to God. And that was a great moment a time of worship, a time of sacrifice and surrender and submission to God in the glory of the light of the star that they experienced. But it says in chapter 2, verse 12, immediately after this gift of worship, it says, Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, They departed for their own country another way. So again, we have another picture of going back. They went back to their their life, but but they went a different way. God changed their plans. 
You see, they knew they had to go back, and, and, and um, uh, they were going to go back through Herod and through Jerusalem. But God had a different plan for them. Um, God's plan, because of this new birth, because of this experience and encounter with God, there was a different path. I think we might need to ask after Christmas, God, is there a new path for me? Is there a different plan that you have for me? Maybe this is what has been birthed within me that now because of what God has birthed, now I'm still going to go back. I'm still going to return home. It says it was on their journey home, but it was a different way. You know, we still have uh, our homes and we have our jobs and we have to take care, but maybe we need to do it a different way. Maybe we begin to put God's plan into effect. Maybe God is speaking to us that there's something new. Um, what a, a better time to really begin to hear the voice of God and, and listen to, you know, and, and it's not a New Year's resolution type thing because a resolution kind of depends on us. Like, I'm going to be resolute. I'm going to stand firm to do this. Rather than not making a resolution but making a submission of following. God is there a new direction to follow? Um, God, birth something within me that would hear your leading. Are we listening to the voice of God to follow a new direction? I don't know what that direction would be um, uh, for you uh, in any area of your life. It could be a new direction uh, relationally. It could be a new relation, I mean, a direction professionally. It could be a new direction financially. But in any area of your life, maybe physically, God, is there a new direction that I need to take to honor you? Now, this direction, this change was to honor God, was to follow his plan, that his will would be done uh, in, the, in the wisdom uh, of what he was doing. Now, they didn't even understand. We may not even know, but are we willing to yield our life to something that we don't understand why. God's just telling us, you know, you, you need to do this. We may not know why. I don't know if the wise men ever knew why, but it was in the plan of God. And we need to just surrender ourselves to the plan of God and maybe go a different direction. That's scary for us. And sometimes we ask, well, why do I need to? Well, pastor, why, why should I ha have to? See, you don't have to always have the answer. I don't have the answer to that. There's not always a Why? Sometimes there's just, are you willing? Sometimes God just says, who's in control? I just know more, and I'm not always willing to tell you why now, but I need you. That's what this new birth is, that, that would you let this new birth begin to grow within you? Well, there was another reaction. It wasn't just the shepherds. It wasn't just the wise men but left. But let's look at Joseph. You know, Joseph had a choice to be made. He was the head of this family. He had a new, a new child and uh, his wife that he was taking care of him. What does he do after uh, all this has happened? Uh, we see in Matthew, again, right after uh, what the wise men had left, in chapter 2, verse 13, it says this. Now, when they had departed, being the wise men, they left on their different path. 
Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And he arose and took the young child and his mother by night, and they departed for Egypt. Here's something to do after Christmas. Run for your life. Wow, really? That's an exciting thing. The greatest thing happened. You know, God has shown up on earth, and now we're to run for our life? You know, it it seems like that's not very trusting of God. You know, why can't God... This is your son. We're just going to stand. You know, if God is for me, who can be? So we're just going to say no. We're going to say, and yet God realized that, you know, sometimes we as Christians, there's, there's one thing about having faith, uh, but there's another thing of, of, of having presumption. Uh, see, there's a difference between faith and presumption. Um, presumption is, is an arrogance of um, uh, I'm just going to do it my way. We're going to stand on the promises of God. And yet God's promises work within the principles of this world. You see, God has not changed the principles of the world. Uh, He's the one that set them in motion. And, and so many times in presumption, we want to do it. Now, uh, the real reason behind that is really our own arrogance. Uh, that's why this word of faith movement is not really about faith, it's really about arrogance. It's really about uh, uh, doing what we want, even though we use God kind of as our uh, uh, excuse, and, and yet we're doing what we want. God said, you know what? When God births something new in us, there's going to be many times that the enemy is going to want to steal that. And, and there are things that we need to do practically in our life uh, to safeguard what the enemy wants to steal from us. And, and so, um, uh, yes, there's times that, well, God can do everything he can, but in the meantime, we need to follow the principles uh, uh, of what he has done. And the principle to be protected was to leave that area. And, and I think many times in our life, there are things that we need to separate from because the enemy will desire to steal what this Christmas maybe have birthed within you. There are things that we need to stop being presumptuous. Well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stand in the face of it. And God may be saying, you know what, that might not be too smart. I mean, yes, I'm your strength, but here's, here's a greater idea. Why don't you just get out of that environment? Why don't you remove that from your life? Why don't you go someplace where that does not have the opportunity to, to, to steal from you. Because here's the principle. Yes, God can protect you, but I know if you stay there, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So sometimes uh, there, there, is, there is wisdom in running for your life. There is wisdom in hiding yourself in God. There is wisdom in removing yourself and and putting yourself into a place where for this season, I am going to run. And and this is why the Bible says flee from wickedness. Flee from the devil. Um, uh, There's times when you get put in a corner where God does say we stand firm when he calls us to. But when he tells us to 
to follow that, that practical wisdom, we do it. Just like the, the children of Israel at the Red Sea. You know, he didn't tell them to stand there and fight the armies and God will just do it. He said, no, go. He told Moses, he said, what are you standing here for? Go. Um, and in that, God brings the glory. And, and so we see that Joseph protected the life that God gave him by leaving and going to Egypt. Now, we know that in God's plan, this is right in what God uh, is working. And so sometimes we don't even see what God is working, but I, I do believe that we need to be wise, that we need to look in our life, and, and sometimes we need to remove ourselves from some things that could destroy what is being birthed within us. And for any of us, it can be anything. Who knows what it is? You need to let the Holy Spirit speak to you and say, what do I need to, to leave? Uh, maybe there are friends that I need to separate from. Uh, maybe there are uh, uh, activities that, that are, they're good. They may not, it's not even necessarily a bad thing. But in, in a way, the enemy is using that to steal the birth of, of what God is doing within me. And so I need to leave it. And people might say, why, why are you, you know, I'm sure people said, Joseph, why are you going to Egypt? That makes no sense. And yet they didn't know what God knew, that, that there was something seeking to destroy them. And so we need to begin to say, God, what do I need to purge from my life? Can I be wise and, and make that decision? But that brings us to the last one, and this is the one I really want to let soak into us. And the last person in the, in the uh, story is Mary. What did Mary do after this great event and encounter with God? Uh, if we go back to Luke chapter 2, and um, uh, we look in verse 19, and we see this in different parts of Scripture also where, where it says that Mary and Joseph, wow, when things happened, uh, they did this. But it says that after the shepherds left and all this had happened, it says in verse 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. You know what she decided to do? When it was all over, it wasn't over for her. It says that she kept them, she kept these things, and she pondered them. So two things that she did, and we see that she did it for the rest of her life. Um, she kept these things in her heart and in her mind, and she pondered them. Um, the first thing it says that she kept them. Another word there, the word there for kept, and it's translated in different ways. In some it says she treasured them. Uh, in some it says she guarded these things. In some it says she preserved these things. The first thing she said, she did this this idea of keeping things is that she treasured it she saw that what has happened is more important than just an event and so she guarded it she said it in her mind that i am not going to lose this experience i am not going to how many times have we had an experience and then it's gone and and 
all of a sudden, we just don't even have that feeling anymore. We just don't have that remembrance anymore. She made a, a conscious effort to treasure it. In other words, she realized that what has been born in me is not just a, a child. This is something more valuable than anything else in this world. And so she treasured it. I think many times we don't treasure the new birth the coming of Christ, because it's just something we have gone through every year. It's become so familiar to us that it's just one thing throughout the year, and then we fall right back into our yearly routine. And we need to understand that this treasure is more important than your job. Even though we are going to return, we're going to go back to our life, we need to go back with this treasure within us. That God, the coming of Christ is more valuable than any money I'm going to make this year. It's more valuable than any healing that I need in my body. I can treasure God while I am suffering, while I'm aching, because there's a treasure that I just hold in my mind. I keep it in my consciousness, in my heart. It says she guarded it. It says she preserved it. We need to make a special effort to preserve the birth of Christ within us. Because I'm telling you, the enemy wants to steal it. Just life wants to wear it away. But are we willing to treasure? You see, Jesus himself said the kingdom of God is like a man who went to a, a field. And as he's walking through this field, oh, he tripped on something. Oh my, there was a treasure buried in that field that no one knew. It was so valuable. When he saw it, he couldn't believe his eyes. He buried it again, went and sold everything that he had. There was nothing that he had that was worth it. And he went and bought the field because that treasure was worth more to him. We need to begin to treasure what has happened this Christmas. And are you willing to walk away from everything to, to keep that treasure? Mary realized the treasure that she had in Jesus. We need to treasure it. We need to guard it. We need to preserve it. Whatever it takes, it's more important than family. It is more important than friends. It is more important than job. It is more important than health. It is more important than achievements. I'm telling you, the birth of Christ is everything. Because in the birth of Christ, we receive family. We receive accomplishments. We receive all the things that life has to offer. But Jesus is the only one that fulfills that offer. But the second thing is, not only did she treasure it, but it says she pondered it. Now that word ponder, many times we, we view it wrong. We think she just thought about it. And it does have the, the, contem, the, the word of contemplating or meditating uh, on it. But the true word there of pondered it, she thought about it, which she did do that. She thought about it all the time. But the word there is to weigh something. She weighed that. She let what God had done in her heart become a weight within her. And because of that weight, she thought about it all the time. In other words, anything that, that, that she experienced, she would weigh that against what Jesus had done. She weighed her life against what had happened. So every time she was faced with an emotion, with a response, uh, with a reaction to this life, this world, it was always weighed against the treasure, this treasure that she had. So Mary weighed 
this treasure in her life constantly. She thought about it. In other words, everything she did in life, she weighed against the value of God. When she was approached by someone else, well, I can either get mad, I can do it, or I can weigh it against this treasure that got, all of a sudden, this doesn't mean so much anymore. Because that weighs nothing. This weighs more. It becomes a weight that is valuable. You see, we have not let Jesus become a weight within us. And by a weight, I mean not something that bears us down, but something that is a weight of value, a weight of importance, something that, that, that catches our attention, our focus. Because it's heavy, I have to focus on that. That's what she meant by she pondered it. It becomes something that she thought about because it bore weight for her. How much weight do we give the coming of Christ in our life? Are we pondering that against everything that we could do when we have a choice of priorities? I could do this or I could do this that would be in God's presence or we need to weigh that. And I think sometimes Christ does not have the weight in our life that he should. But this is what Mary did. She treasured it, and she pondered it. It, it became the ballast of her life. It's kind of like a ship. For a ship to, it's amazing how God's principles work. I, I can't even imagine, I don't understand how 20,000 tons of steel you put in the water and it doesn't sink. You know, it, it just makes, I, I understand all the dynamics, it's, but it's crazy to me. That, it just seems you put a rock in the water, it goes down, right? I mean, how, if I dry, it just makes no sense. But yet, the wonder of how God works, but when they put it in the water, in the bottom, they have a ballast. They, they put so much weight in the bottom of the ship that when the waves come and as it goes through the ups and downs of life, it keeps it straight. It keeps it uh, in the right direction. You know what, people, we need to begin to, after Christmas, we need to let the weight of the treasure of Jesus become the weight of our life. That as we enter into a new year, I now, like a ship, I launch into an adventure of discovery, but without fear because I have the weight of God that is going to keep me straight up when the waves come and when the wind blows. It is the weight of of this treasure that we have. Mary kept and pondered what had been born, this life, this transformation that changed everything. I want to ask us today, what to do after Christmas? We've got some great choices. Let's make it widely known what God has done. Let's, let's go back to life with rejoicing, with glorifying God. Let's be willing to make new plans. Maybe we need to change the direction of our life. Maybe God has a new way for us. Maybe there are some things we need to separate from. Maybe we need to protect that life. How can we nurture it and, 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 and find that place of safety that the enemy cannot get to it? But most of all, let's begin to treasure what has happened. 
And I'm not talking about with family and gifts and things. I'm talking about the birth of Christ. Are we willing to treasure it and ponder it? Let it become a weight within us that we weigh everything against. And then when we begin to treasure it and realize what we have been given, then all the other things will flow out of that. The rejoicing and the joy and the purpose will be secure because we have a treasure that God has given us that nothing can come and steal it from us if we will embrace it, if we will treasure it, if we will keep it and ponder it and let it be foremost in our mind. David put it this way, I will hide your words in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You see, he realized I need to hide these things in me. I need to think about them. I need to treasure them. I need to weigh these things because if not, I know myself and I will wander. But I will hide these things within me. God birth something within me that I will hold on to. I will purpose within me to treasure it, to ponder it. And because of that, it will grow. Because when we do that, that new life does not stay small. It begins to grow within us. And it begins to bring fruit. And it brings production and transformation. Because God's word, God's life does not stay dormant. He will do great things in our heart. Let's bow our heads.